Welcome to Spend, Donate, Invest. This is a place to ponder the questions of how we might align what we're doing with our money and the type of world we'd like to create. In other words, let's walk the talk as we shop, bank, invest, and give. No topic is too broad or too specific, so feel free to send in your question. The contact info is always in the show notes. Here's today's letter. Coming out of last year's holiday season, I started to wonder if my kids are getting a little spoiled. My partner and I both grew up in working-class families. Our parents often lived check-to-check, and we learned to be grateful for what little we had. I really think those tough times pulled us together as a family. My partner and I have been very fortunate to have more disposable income as we raise our children. What that means is that they usually have new outfits at the beginning of the school year. They get lots of presents for their birthdays and Christmas. And they've never had to worry about our financial security as a family. I'm grateful for this, but now I'm starting to wonder if they're going to miss out on some positive parts of the childhoods that my partner and I both had. Gratitude. A hard work ethic not being wasteful, not feeling entitled, all those sorts of things. Basically, we want our kids to be humble, hardworking, and generous. Our kids are seven and four. Any suggestions? Thank you so much for sending in this question. It makes a lot of sense to be thinking about. I I heard a couple of questions like this right after the holidays I've been hearing discussions about how to curb the over-the-top amount of gift giving (laughs) that has been going on. And for families who have an excess of wealth, let's define that as money above and beyond what's needed for housing, medical, and food needs. Gift giving can get out of hand very quickly. So this is where we start to hear parents arguing with grandparents about limiting the number of gifts. We've all seen kids get trapped on that hedonic treadmill of needing more and more gifts to be happy. And sometimes I I wonder if part of the excessive gift giving is to make up for the lack of quality time that we're able to dedicate to our most important relationships. It's like our culture of capitalism has made the price of the gift or the quantity of the gifts or the uniqueness of the gift a proxy for how we feel about someone. I've definitely fallen into this trap. It makes me wonder if Gary Chapman's love languages would have included gift giving in his framework if he had written this book before the advent of capitalism in the way that we know it today. So if you want to teach your kids to have gratitude, to be humble, to be generous, I want to point you to a resource that you might find useful. I'll include a link in the show notes. It's called learningtogive.org. Lots of interesting things there. And you'll be happy to know that from the research that they cite, it shows that teaching kids about altruism actually works. It can be taught. And it looks like the best way is through teaching and through role modeling. Let's start with role modeling. That's going to be the most obvious strategy here. You're going to want your kids to be able to see you doing the behaviors that you want them to pick up as they become adults. If you want them to see donating money or time as normal and a necessary part of life, you'll want them to see you doing it. 
When it makes sense, I'd encourage you to involve your kids in family decisions about where you'll donate your money or your time. Kids may have picked up on some issue areas that are already of concern to them. For example, the welfare of our earth, homelessness and poverty, health and safety. Consider letting your kids decide where some of the family's time and money goes. I would encourage you to make giving a normal part of how kids deal with their money, too. Whether your kids get an allowance or occasionally receive money as a gift, consider establishing a practice where they give some of that money away. A lot of kids are already used to the idea of donating their used toys. In addition to that, it could be powerful for them to give away some of their money as well. This could send an additional message to a child. There's a nuance that I think could be even more empowering for them to think of giving from the top rather from their unwanted stuff. I know a woman who's raising her granddaughter to spend a third, save a third, and give a third away. It's a very simple and easy to remember guideline for her granddaughter who has grown up this way and is now well-versed on what it's like to save and what it's like to give. Actually, she's really proud of her savings and donations. And I'd encourage you to go easy in terms of trying to direct which cause your kids supports, whether or not they want to choose something that you think is particularly important or not isn't the point. It's about building that muscle of giving. So that's the role modeling. And then there's the teaching. I was reading learningtogive.org and came across some lessons that they have for kids of different ages, and came across some book recommendations and reading guides that I thought would be useful for kids as well, ranging from around, let's say, four years old up to about 10 years old. I think you mentioned that your kids were seven and four. Actually, there are lots of books recommended all over the page, but A lot of them, in my opinion, were more about building up general empathy. And and here's one that I felt spoke a little more directly in terms of generosity and giving. So this book is called A Chair for My Mother, and it's written and illustrated by Vera B. Williams. It's about a community coming together to furnish a home after a house fire and how the family saves up to buy the final item that they need to have a comfortable home. For those of you who want to teach your kids about personal finance and specifically about the power of saving, this is also a good book for that. So this book, again, is called A Chair for My Mother by Vera B. Williams. And as always, all of the links can be found in the show notes. There's a reading guide to go with it as well, uh, with some suggested activities to further drive the message home with the kids in your life. Uh, for example, there's a uh, some nice ideas about making a piggy bank with three different compartments for your kids. Spend, save, and donate. It's really cute. And there's another book that stood out called Sam and the Lucky Money by Karen Chin. This is a really sweet story about a boy who receives money for Chinese New Year's and then goes all through Chinatown with his mom trying to decide how to spend it. He ends up giving it to a man on the street who doesn't have shoes. The illustrations are beautiful, and pretty much everyone in the story is Asian American, another great aspect of the book. Again, that is Sam and the Lucky Money by Karen Chin. I'm also going to link the reading guide for this book 
which includes some simple activities that really hadn't occurred to me, such as having a child list things that others might not have. For example, the warm clothes that they have, love, books, etc. So we've talked about role modeling and a couple of books and reading guides that might be useful to get your kids to adopt the types of behavior and practices that you mentioned in your letter. But let's also talk about developing the mindsets of your children. I think that there's a way to teach this type of altruism to kids in a way that doesn't set up your kids to look down on the people that they're giving to. This is probably the most complicated part to teach because it requires some soul searching on our parts. We discussed this a bit in the episode about housekeeping and other dirty secrets. That was episode 15. How you feel about others is going to show up to your kids, whether you're saying it out loud explicitly or not. So for example, if you're donating food to the shelter and your attitude is, well, they should be grateful for whatever they get. If you're donating food that you yourself would never in your million years lower yourself to eat, that's going to show up to your kids. If your whole energy around donations is, well, I've worked hard, that's why I have extra, and now I can provide to people who don't work hard, that's going to show up to your kids too. To put a finer point on it, if your fundamental belief system is that you deserve to be rich, whether or not you say that poor people deserve to be poor, whether or not you actually say that part out loud, that is a natural, logical conclusion your kids will come to. So I want to encourage you to start there. Question your fundamental belief system and look out for resources to challenging your own thinking. I didn't get this energy from your letter, but it's worth doing a self-audit in terms of the subconscious mindsets that you might inadvertently pass on to your kids. And the great thing about kids is that they often ask about the elephant in the room. Why is that guy panhandling? Why is that lady getting food from the shelter? Why does that family live under the bridge? Your kids are going to ask, so be thoughtful about your answers. Try to include hints for your kids that set them up to be, as you put it, humble. I would call it being aware of their privileges and of their good fortune. So as usual, these discussions are meant to provide a place to start the conversation, but not to serve as a definitive answer. That's going to depend a lot on your own values and perspectives on the world. Would love to hear your feedback about this topic and hear other questions that you're pondering. Contact info is in the show notes below. In the meantime, please share this episode with anyone who you think might find it interesting. You can also support the show by clicking on the Buy Me a Coffee link, which is also in the show notes. Thank you for your support.